Hello and welcome to another episode of the Simple Faith Podcast. My name is Dave Betts and together with my wife Sherea, we are exploring all the things that make our faith what it is. We're trying to strip away all of those unnecessarily churchy words, those intellectual words that sometimes just add more confusion into the conversation. And uh, we're trying to explore what we'd like to call an authentic Christianity for normal people like you and me. Now, normally my wife, Sherea, would be with me. Uh, Unfortunately, for most of season two so far, uh, it's been a challenge. We've had a new baby, a baby called JJ. We love him to pieces. He is incredible. But it's really hard to record podcast episodes together when we're in the midst of COVID still and there's no babysitters and it's a bit of a challenge. So unfortunately, Sheree isn't here. We even planned this episode originally that she would be. I'm desperately hoping she's going to be here next week. Funnily enough, she's going to be 1100 kilometers away from me. She's going to be visiting her family which actually makes it easier for us to record a podcast together, which is a bit ironic. But anyway, uh, let me tell you something about JJ quickly, actually. I'm really excited about this. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen it. He grabbed my feet this week and stood up. He's five and a half months old and he stood up on his two feet, which is very cool. I'm very excited about that. But anyway, enough about that. We've been going through a series that we've called Church Myth Busting. Now, it was a really great suggestion from a friend of ours just as we started this podcast. And what we want to do is go through all of those myths in the church that kind of just find themselves seeping their way into Christian culture in the 21st century. We've talked about how there's this myth that the Bible is full of contradictions, how there's this myth that the church just wants your money or that the size of your church equals the success of your church. Uh, We've talked about all sorts of myths and things like that. But what we want to do today is talk about the myth that the amount you volunteer is how holy you are. I still haven't figured out how to title this this episode. You might find this out by the time you listen to it, you'll know. Uh, one of the titles I was thinking about was when volunteering becomes an idol. It's the idea that the most holy people at your church are the ones who are most visibly engaged in the organization that is the church. Now, that's a contentious thing to say. It's a big subject. And uh, I wish Sheree was here to talk about it, but instead you've got just me. So after the break, we're going to jump right in and we're going to talk about that myth that the most holy people in your church are the ones who are the most visibly engaged in the organization. Is that true? Is it true that the holy people uh, volunteer the most? Well, let's find out after the break. Volunteering is a really important aspect of church life, obviously, because uh, churches are non-profit organizations. They depend heavily on the support of volunteers and the help from volunteers to do things from church fates. If you're in the UK, I haven't seen a church fate in the UK for many, many years or, uh, you know, uh, food drives or other ministry things, worship teams. The list goes on courses. Uh, welcome teams. There's so many things, tea and coffee. There's so many areas that you can serve. And it's obviously very important. And in my ministry life, I I was counting it the other day. I think I got up to around 400 people that I've been responsible for, you know, 400 volunteers that I've been responsible for in my ministry career so far. So volunteering is obviously very important. 
as a music director, it's crucial. We Most churches can't afford to pay people to play in their music teams. And if you can, there's even then a debate about whether you should. Uh, that's a whole other sticky uh, subject. Let's, let's be really clear here. Serving is very important in some aspect. And let's talk about what the Bible says. The Bible talks about serving not uh, rather than volunteering necessarily. Volunteering, when we talk about volunteering, we're saying people who give their time for free to help serve. It's an act of serving. Volunteering is one way that you can serve. But serving in general is talked about a lot in the Bible. In First uh, Peter 4.10, it says this, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Galatians 5, 13 to 14 says, For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 10, 44 to 45 says this, And whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So serving is obviously very important. Churches are so dependent on it. The way that our 21st century church works, the kind of generic things that you see, you know, kids ministry, worship ministry, welcome teams, all of that stuff is so dependent on volunteers. Should it be? Well, that's a, that's a different question, but let's, let's just do, talk about the fact. It is really important. And I would say it's really, really important to be engaged with the culture of your church. So if you are not involved in your church in any way, if you are a consumer, if you turn up to your church and you kind of sit and enjoy it like a spectator at a, a soccer game or something, well, you know, maybe there's, there's, there's an issue there. You know, we are called to be involved, to be actively participating in the, the body of Christ, in the church together. That's a good thing. And there is this practical reality, rightly or wrongly, that when people are more engaged and involved in their church, they tend to get noticed and given more opportunities. Now, that's just a reality of any kind of organization. In any business or church or volunteer organization, the more you're involved, the more you tend to get noticed and the more you tend to get promoted to other opportunities. That's a reality. But should that mean that your holiness is measured by the amount you volunteer. You know, we, we've all met those people who are, you know, the first ones in the building in the morning or the last ones there packing away and all the people who preach regularly or are on the worship team all the time. And you must think, oh, well, these guys, yeah, they must be really, you know, they must have such a great relationship with God. Well, the problem is that's not always the case. In fact, sometimes, sometimes the, the people who serve the most are actually struggling spiritually. In fact, sometimes the amount that people serve actually hinders people from their walk with, with God. And that's a real challenge. The truth is, of course, someone who serves a lot may have an incredible relationship with God and may be serving because of that relationship with God. Other people might be serving because they want to be seen or because they feel like it's a good thing to do and it's pulling away from their relationship with God. Now, I want to give you an example in my life. There was one time in my week where I was working I don't know, 85 to 100 hours a week for my church. I desperately wanted to serve my church. And part of it, if I'm honest, was that I wanted to be seen. I was 19 years old. I was a brand new believer. And I desperately wanted to keep working for the church that I was interning at. And so I would just work and work and work and work. But the problem with that was that I wasn't actually cultivating my relationship with 
Jesus, my my relationship with God. I wasn't seeking the Holy Spirit in my life. I was just trying to serve with good intentions. I wanted to do good things for the church, but it was actually pulling me away from my relationship with God. That was a problem. Uh, I think there's a that that can happen an awful lot. You know, we want to be clear that ministry and serving at your church are two different things. So you might be called to help with the tea and coffees every Sunday morning, or maybe you're a photographer for your church, or maybe you play guitar. Those are all really great things. Good. It's good on you for doing that. It's a great thing to help your church, but your call is to serve the body that is the church. Your call is not, uh, it is not specifically to do tea and coffee. That's a nice thing. That's a helpful thing in the church, but that is not your ministry. Your ministry is to love God and to love people and to uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's your call. That's your calling. We've got a whole couple of episodes, I think, at the beginning of season one talking about calling. I'd recommend you you check those out if you're interested. Volunteers are really important. You know, again, I want to emphasize that. That's so obvious, but it's so true. I think it's called a truism. You know, those things that you just, you know are true. We couldn't run the church the way that it is right now without volunteers. But Here's the kicker. Volunteers are not essential. You know what? If I was a music director, I've been a worship pastor in a few different churches and there was no drummer. Guess what? We just wouldn't have drums. It's okay. I remember my senior pastor desperately wanting me to phone a number of drummers for other churches and seeing if they would, it's to see if they would come in. And I remember just saying, no, no, I'm not, do, I'm not doing that. <laughs> there's, there's a few reasons. First of all, the, the reason at the time was that actually if we filled that gap with a drummer from another church, well, the problem is people don't see that there's a need because they think, oh, well, it's covered. But the other problem yeah, that I have with that is that, so what? So what? We don't have a drummer. Let's say the, the music, the worship team is it's just terrible and it's garbage. You know what? That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Why? Well, because what matters is our hearts. It's, it's cool. If we can have our hearts fully aligned with God and then we have high excellence, high standards. That's really good. I mean, for so much of my life as a music director, I was so focused on standards that I used to miss the heart stuff. And that's, that's a real problem. You know, church is not about having great music or a perfect welcome team or anything like that. It's about doing life together. That's what it's about. That's what church is about. It's about doing life together and worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and celebrating the good news of the gospel and proclaiming that news for others. That's what church is about. It's not about the quality. It's about the heart. And so I think that's, that's really important. I think sometimes we can miss the mark on this. Um, you know, in my life, I have definitely been guilty of this, of trying to make such use of our volunteers that I would go just as close as I could to b- pulling them to burnout. And that was a, a problem. In fact, there's a situation uh, in my kind of past life where there was a, a teenager who used to serve all the time. He used to be at our church on Tuesday nights, he used to come along on Thursdays and Wednesdays sometimes to help out with something else. And then he'd be there on Friday for youth. And then on Saturday, he'd often come in and help with something uh, that we needed to get ready for Sunday. And then he'd be there on Sunday in uh, our nine o'clock and then our 11 o'clock and then our five o'clock or whatever time it was, six o'clock. I can't remember when it, it started now. And he used to be there all the time. And everyone used to think, hey, this kid has got it going on. He was talented. He was gifted. And it, it, it all seemed like he was just Uh, He had a great servant heart. We often talk about servant hearts. It seemed like he had a great servant heart, but then not long after I left, he kind of 
imploded a bit and uh, fell away from the church completely, decided that he didn't want anything to do with the church. Now, what, what happened there? How can you go from this place where you are serving oh, five times a week to actually, I don't want anything to do with this? Well, I think the problem was we were so desperate to fill these volunteer slots that we dragged him. So, well, he was willing to come with us, but we, we willingly pulled him into this place that was unhealthy for him. He got to this place where it became a task to do rather than an opportunity to worship our creator. And that's a problem. There's been other, other situations like that. I remember as a, as a leader of a, a youth worship team, we had about 50 people in our youth worship team and exam times were always a nightmare. In, in the UK, uh, we used to have exams in January and then in May. I used to dread those times because we'd lose half of our, our volunteers for our, our youth nights and for various things that we were doing. It, was a, it used to kill me until I realized one day that actually these kids are, let's say, 14, 15, 16. They've got potentially 70 years to serve God in various capacities. And suddenly a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, you know what? This is a few months out of the rest of their lives to volunteer and to give God the glory in all that they do. If they, ha- if they need to take a, a step back just for a month or so, that's okay. Because, because they were honoring God in their exams. They were honoring God by studying hard. They were honoring God, serving him, serving others by studying well in order that they could be a good influencer and have a good impact on this world for the rest of their lives, not just in this finite period. So anyway, that's a bit of a hobby horse for me. I'm probably going off on a a bit of a tangent, but my my point is really this. Ministry is an, an opportunity in everything that you do. It's not just a volunteer slot that you fill, whether it's called a serving team, a volunteer team, a dream team. I've heard countless names for what these teams are called. They're really great things to be a part of, but they are not, they are not the thing that dictates where your spiritual level is at. And we have to be so careful that we don't make these wrong assumptions about where someone is at just because they serve or don't serve. You might have uh, someone who has no involvement with the church whatsoever. And there might be a lot of good reasons for that. In fact, they might be the most uh, spiritually in tune, godly people around. There's this one lady in my, my church now. She's in her 90s. Oh boy, every time she talks, it's powerful. She loves Jesus with such a passion. And she has done for many, many, many years. She's not involved in serving in anywhere. But you know what? That's okay. She loves Jesus. And uh, that's an important thing. I think we want to make sure that over and above how much we volunteer, as good as that is, we want to make sure that we are cultivating our relationship with Jesus. I want to read a, a few passages here that kind of help explain why I think this is so important. Matthew 23, it's a really famous passage. Matthew 23, verses 23 to 27 says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay a tenth of mint, dill and cumin, and yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice mercy and faithfulness. These things should have been done without neglecting the others. Blind guides, you strain out a nap, but gulp down the camel. In other words, you're doing all the right things. You're ticking all the right boxes and yet you've imported, you've missed out the, the really important stuff, justice and mercy and faithfulness. I think we can do that in our own church. We uh, get people to tick the boxes in terms of volunteering or uh, being involved in singing on the worship team or on the welcome team or whatever, but we're not helping people to focus on the more important matters, justice and mercy and faithfulness. And Jesus actually goes on here. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean out the outside of the cup uh, and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first 
clean the inside of the cup so that the outside of it may also become clean. Again, so important that we're focusing on what's inside, not on what's outside. Outwardly, we can look like we're doing all the right things. We're ticking all the right boxes. We're serving in all the right places. We're volunteering in all the right places. And we can look like we're really holy, but actually on the inside, it might be full of greed and self-indulgence. I can actually tell you in my life, I've been in those places where on the outside, I'm ticking all the, all the boxes, but on the inside, I've been full of greed and self-indulgence. And then Jesus goes on, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. We're hearing that a lot. You are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and every kind of impurity. In the same way, on the outside, you seem righteous to people, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Notice how much time Jesus dedicated to that in those, in those phrases. That's a really big deal. I think in the church, it's a huge problem where what is on the outside isn't really reflecting what's going on the, in, on the inside. And volunteering, this 21st century volunteer culture has exacerbated that a little bit, where we've felt like, oh yeah, the people who are serving, the people who get the opportunities are really, they're the ones who are really holy. But actually that's not the case. What you need to focus on, what I need to focus on is making sure that our hearts are right with God, that the inside is clean first, because that will pour out to the outside, whether we're talking about this analogy of being like a whitewashed tomb or like a cup or whatever. We want to focus on getting the inside right first. Volunteering is a great thing, but please Please don't make any assumptions about people just because they happen to serve a lot because you might miss something really crucial. Uh, Matthew 15 verses 8 to 9, Jesus is quoting the book of Isaiah or Isaiah if you're in the UK. He says this, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Let me say that again. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Verse 16 First uh, Samuel sixteen seven rather says, "For man sees the outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart." Again, we are so focused in this twenty first century human culture on outward appearance. How does how do things look? Are we saying the right things outwardly? Are we doing the right things? I mean, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount covers this so much. He's saying, "Well, forget." You get just looking like you're doing the right thing on the outside. I'm not coming after your heart. The, the woes here, these things that Jesus was talking about. Jesus dedicated a lot of time to, to saying to us, make sure your heart is right with God. Don't focus on just ticking the boxes because you'll fall short. Now, I want to be very clear as well. You might be volunteering in such a way that it really helps you in your relationship with God. That's fantastic. That's a really good thing. And I want to encourage that. And of course, just in case I haven't reiterated it enough, it's a really great thing to volunteer for your church. It serves your church. It blesses your church really well. But just don't use it as an indicator of your spiritual levels, of your relationship with God, because that's dangerous. You know, the reality is you might be serving in many different ways. You might, you might be helping out at, at an old person's home, or you might be, can I say old person's home? Let's say nursing home. That sounds a bit better. A senior's home. Or you might be serving at the food bank or something else that isn't related to your church. That's okay. Your job is to serve the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is bigger than your local church. But your local church is vital in that. So there might be ways, ways to serve, but you might not be able to serve as much as someone else because you have different commitments. Similarly, you might just be in a different season of life. So when I was 19, I could serve 85, 90, 100 hours a week. I could find the time to do that because it was just me. I was a single dude living with not very much commitment, 
And it, I was able to put that kind of time in. Now I'm married and I have a child. My ability to serve is not the same. And when I have three kids who are five and up, I'm going to struggle again to find that time to commit. I'm not going to be able to commit the same as I could before. You might have a really stressful job that is taking many hours out of your time. Well, you know what? Your mission field is that job. It's not just when you get to church. Your mission is where you are all the time. And you just might not have the capacity for various reasons. Maybe you're studying, like I said before, maybe you have got exams or something like that that's coming up, which means that temporarily you need to step back from from volunteering. That's okay. That doesn't mean that you are less holy. And I want to I want you to hear that because this is a myth. It's a myth because we all know that it's not true. But I think sometimes we need to be encouraged to to just remember that it's not true. Very few leaders or elders or pastors or whatever are sat there with a clipboard logging your hours and then putting on a chart to see how holy you are. That's not the intention of very many people at all. The problem is it's sometimes implicit in in the way that people talk, in the way that we try to get volunteers to do stuff. And the reason we do it, uh, I'm talking as someone who's worked in a staff team uh, for most of my adult life at churches. The reason it may feel like that is because we're really passionate about what we're doing. We're really passionate about the mission of the church. The vision of the church is why we are, are doing it full time. We're passionate about it and we want help to make it happen. That's why it's not from a, this place of uh, maliciousness or anything like that. It's it, sometimes it just kind of gets lost in translation. So that's why it's a myth. And that's why we're dispelling that myth now, myth now and just giving you permission to say, it's fine. I don't, I don't volunteer as much as X, Y, Z, but I know that I'm in a good place with God. And actually I'm going to keep striving to be in that good place with God. Uh, we really do believe in what's called the priesthood of all believers. And that, this is this idea that uh, you, you are all in the same place with God. There is no spiritual level. You might have a pastor who helps direct you and shepherd you. Yep, that's great. But actually, you have access to Jesus right now. You don't need to volunteer to get the approval of the senior pastor to get the approval of Jesus. That's not how uh, volunteering works. You're volunteering because you're part of a church family and you want to bless your family. That's a great thing to do. If that's your motivation, by all means, do it. That's a great reason to be involved. But just don't feel pressure or don't look at those people who are volunteering all the time and just make that assumption that they must be further ahead of you in your faith. Not that that even matters. I mean, it doesn't, even if they were, it wouldn't matter, but we just have to be so careful with how we are measuring faith, uh, how we're measuring uh, commitment to Jesus. So anyway, I guess that's all I really have to say today. Uh, I hope that's been a helpful conversation. I wonder if you've ever been in that situation where you felt Oh, well, this person, he's on the worship team and he's on the welcome team and now he's preaching and he's doing this and this and this. Oh, he must be so holy. Uh, if you've ever been in that place and, and then you found out that you've seen that person fall, hopefully you've recognized, yeah, this is not what it's about. It's about people having that one-on-one close relationship with, with Jesus. Now, I recognize this is a bit of a ramble. And so I, I, again, I, I hope this has been helpful. I would love to have had this conversation with Shreya because she's got some great thoughts on this. But hopefully... Uh, Lord willing, Sherea will be joining us next week as we talk about our final myth of our church myth-busting series. And that's the myth that there's only one way to do church. Now, this is another one of those things that's kind of, it's implicit rather than explicit, but the amount of church handbooks that I've read uh, is a real problem. Well, you might have grown up in one church and thought, hang on, they do this instead of this. Uh, We want to 
dispel that myth and say, actually, there's a lot of different expressions of church. There are wrong ways to do church, but there is a lot of right ways to do church uh, other than, you know, this cookie cutter idea of one way of doing church. So that's what we're going to approach next week. I really hope you found this helpful. We pray for you listeners uh, regularly, and I pray that you would be blessed by this message. So yeah, that's it from me. Have an incredible week and we will see you very soon. Bye.